0: Uh, reiterate the, the video. I just want to thank you guys for your generosity and your giving because it's awesome to see um, what God's doing through all of you and through our church. And And uh, it, it's just a, it's awesome to see uh, Michael from the Pooler campus. He uh, he was overwhelmed by the support he's had from people from even our the Midland campus. We're almost the furthest one away. And so he's like, man, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate. And he wanted me to tell you guys thank you for going and and coming and being a part of that, because it really spoke to a lot of the people in Pooler that us, and little old Millen, love them enough that we're going to come and serve. So if you hadn't had a chance to do that, um, opportunity's there if you want to take that long drive. But um, anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys, thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what, uh, just allowing God to move and work in you. Um, I know it's dreary today, uh, but y'all going y'all gonna to be away, right? Amen? Amen. Y'all ready to see what God's going to do? Let me tell you a little story. God's really been reminding me of how much that, um, how much I need him and, uh, and how much he really don't need me. I hope you didn't come today because of me or Dallas. I hope you came today because you wanted to hear God. You wanted God to speak to you. I hope that you came today because you wanted to see God do his amazing things in your heart. No, just out of vain repetition. As I sat this week, I read, I struggled, I studied through, and we don't, we're gonna see where God's leading this morning. It's like God, where, where, what you want me to preach on? What would you want me to say? I've been going through the whole thing, and guess what? He ain't said nothing. I'm like God, I've read chapter five probably ten times. Lord, what, 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 what in this you want me to say? What's something in particular you want me to say? And He and so I'm coming to you this morning, we're just going to go with this and see what God says. So let's pray and let's see what God says. Father, we come to you right now and we pray for uh, hearts and minds, God, to be focused and centered on you. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you be glorified through this today. God, that, uh, this isn't just something we do, but it's who we are. And God, I just pray that our, sp- our spirit, our soul just yearns for you to speak to us today. I pray, God, that the love that we've never had will manifest itself today. And, God, we would just leave here grateful and more in love with you than we ever have been. God, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Galatians 5 is where we're going to be this morning. And the crazy thing is through this whole book, what God's been saying is it's not about religion. It's about a relationship, right? He's talking about how religion just mars us down, how religion holds us captive, and we can't experience freedom in Christ just going through the motions of a checklist. That's the Jeremy Lindsay paraphrase of the first four chapters. But the reality is that we get caught up in that. And Paul, and, and I love five, chapter 5 because in this, he changes direction from talking about, all right, you don't need to be held captive By religion. You don't need to be enslaved to these things. And he points you to what should be leading and guiding your life in order to have a victorious life walking with Jesus. So verse 1 says this says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You know, I love how he says, How this is how this is worded, how Paul wrote this. He said, It is. For freedom, that Christ set you free. The purpose that Christ came to set us free was so that we could operate in the freedom in Christ. He didn't, a lot of people people we think, well, he died on the cross so that I could be saved. No. That's that's, 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 that's a fruit of the cross. But he he died to to set us free from the bondage of sin. Y'all tracking with me? He came to set us free so that we could live a life of purpose. The purpose of our lives is not to just get up and go to church every week and not to just read our Bible. The purpose of our life is to live our life loving God for what he has done for us. And because of that love, we pursue him and we're free to pursue him and do the things that we never thought was even possible without him. And so that freedom is what he's he's passionately wanting people to understand. Because when you make it about things you have to do, and I'm the world's worst at that, I realized, this past four weeks. Even my language, I got to do, do, do. I went in my office, and I got a checklist of tasks I got to do. I'm driven by those things, because when I do those things, I feel like I have accomplished something. Driven by accomplishment, driven by wanting to get something done, driven just to Because I I want to feel accomplished in my day. How many of us want to feel accomplished in our walk with God? And instead of equating it to love, we say, I got to do these things. So then we do these things, and it's, all right, well, I'm appreciated. I'm loved by God because I do these things. And if you don't realize that you're doing those things out of the wrong heart, you're just enslaving yourself to the same system he delivered you from. So what he's saying, he says, for freedom is that Christ set us free. He says, stand firm. And don't allow yourself to get burdened again by that yoke. I, I, I want you to understand. Liberty in this is, is I, I, just, I did a word search. I love uh, definitions of words. And it says freedom is the liberty to do or to omit things. So he died so you could have the freedom to omit sin in your life. Because before, there was no choice. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Before, I knew Jesus it was no good option. There was another option. It was just the option everybody else was going. That was the option. I didn't have another way out. I didn't know the other way. And what he's saying is he gives you the freedom to choose my way or your own way. Man, that, that, that's powerful. Because every day all of us can choose. I want to follow Jesus or I want to follow myself. And it's the differentiation between those things. It's, it's the, the division of those things. If... If I'm choosing God, then I'm living for God. If I'm choosing me, then who am I living for? And he said Christ died so that we can have the freedom to choose him. See, that's amazing to me. Because if I were have died for you, I'd have been like, you better do something for me, boy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not, 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 I'm going to die for you so you can have the choice to love me. See, he died so we can even have the choice to love him. Man, that's powerful. What kind of love is that? That someone is willing to die just so you could have the choice to love him. Man, that's, that's a love that none of us can even fathom. Man, First, 2 Corinthians three seventeen is a word that it's the same word, freedom. It's in that in that in that word in that verse. The same word is is called freedom, and in that word. The same exact meaning in the Greek is is having access to the presence of God. That's what it means, having that freedom, having access to the presence of God. So the freedom that he's talking about is the freedom that we can choose to have access to the presence of God. Man, y'all let that resonate with you for a second. By us choosing to love God or not choosing to love God, us choosing Jesus or not, it automatically puts us to saying we're choosing to walk in the presence of God or without God. So Christ died so we could have the freedom to choose to walk in the presence of God. That's what it was for. I know this is a little deep for some of you. Some of you look at me like, man, what are you talking about? But this is, man, I'm telling you, this is what he did. And some of you are like, that's just verse 1, and we got a long ways to go. And this man, but here's the thing. He set us free. He delivered us, guys. So that he would make us free from sin, he would set us free from the things we're bound in. That we wouldn't have to be bound by those things that we keep struggling with. And the reality of it is, when we're we're bound by the things that we won't let go of, because we choose to hold on or to let go. See, I, I, I we were a bunch of us this week were topping up stuff, and Brandon. This is like me, Brandon, Bill, Billy, Michael—all of us in a, in a group text message, which I hate because my phone's buzzing all the time. But they were—they were sending me messages back and forth. And through this, this is kind of what a paraphrase of what all of us were saying back and forth. It was—we—we we, we should have made a commentary. It was pretty amazing. But it says, "Our freedom is not determined, determined by our ability or inability to choose our own actions. Our freedom is determined by our ability or inability." To to do what we were created to do, our freedom. See, Romans 6 tells us that we are slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. There's no middle ground in that, okay? So what that means is, is you're committed to one thing or the other. And you can say that you're committed to Christ, but what does your heart say? What does your action say? This is the real deal, guys, I'm just we're bound we're, we're enslaved to something. Says that we, we don't make our own choice of what we want to if we make our own choice whether we want to live or die with Christ. We kept typing and things kept coming up and one of the things was that so in Christ we're set free in a sense that we are free to choose. By our own actions, that we're set free from the bondage of sin, so that we can do what we were created to do. See, we were set free so we could do what we were created to do—to glorify God, to point people to Christ. And you do that through your actions. You do that through through the things that drive you. What drives you in the morning? I mean, if Christ died, he's supposed to be our center, our master, our everything. And if he is our everything, then he should drive us in the morning. He should drive us at lunch. He should, he should be everything. He should be what we're passionately going to work for. He should be what we're pursuing in our marriage for. He's the everything in our life. But yet what happens is, is we say he's our master. But we don't reciprocate that with the way we live or the way we walk. And what, he's, what, God, what Paul's trying to tell us is that he came to set us free from the bondage, but if we had not put him in the center, then we have chosen to be riding back in the same bondage because we're not living in the freedom in which he gives us. See, he gives you the freedom to choose to love your spouse, even though they don't deserve it some mornings. Some of y'all didn't say me, he just looked over. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean, we have to choose. It's the freedom to choose God's way or my way. That's what He died for. And see, in that choice, it shows love or rejection. So, if you're choosing Jesus, then you're you're saying, "God, I love you." But if you're choosing your way and what you think and what's worked in the past. You're rejecting God and saying, you're not my master. I'm my own God, and I don't need you. See, that's what Paul's trying to let us understand. See, the only way that we're going to be able to glorify God, the only way that we're going to be able to point people to Jesus Christ, unless we are men and women led by the Spirit of God. You can't go to church. You can't read your Bible. I don't care if you sit down and you reread your Bible every single day. If you ain't living by the Spirit and pointing people to Christ, then you're not fulfilling everything that he's created you to do. See, we're supposed to be led by God's Spirit. That means he's telling you. He's caused the shots. I don't know how many times he's called me to do something that I was very uncomfortable with. I don't know how many times he told me to go here that I was like, I'm not equipped to that, God. I don't know how many times things have happened. I had to choose to love him and, and obey him then remain comfortable. But whenever time I choose him, he brings me to a greater appreciate appreciate. Ah, appreciation, thank you, whoever said that. For him, it brings me to a greater love for him. But whenever I choose my way, it puffs me up even more. It separates me from choosing him the next time. See, he's telling us that if whatever we choose, we choose to live by the Spirit or we're choosing to live by our own self-righteousness. It's what shows if we truly love God. See, verse 13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you may be destroyed by each other. You know, the way that we live by the Spirit is provoked by the love we have for God. Y'all understand that? Y'all get that? The way we live out of spirit is really provoked by how much we love God and trust God, really. So our freedom in Christ, it it doesn't equate salvation as much as it equates that we're choosing to live by God's standards and not my own. And the only way you're going to live by his standards is if you're allowing him to lead you, right? That's it. He's got to be the center, Because if he's not the sinner, you're not going to be willing to do the uncomfortable things. If you don't trust God, then you're not going to let him lead you. And you're not going to let people lead you that you don't love. So a lot of problems in most of our lives is that we're not letting God lead us because we don't really love God like we say we do. And he's saying that a man or a woman that is led by the Spirit is a man or woman that loves God. So how can we say we love God when we're not allowing him to lead us? How can we say, Jesus, I love you, but we tell him no on Monday? See, the whole premises of our relationship with God is all wrapped up in one word, and it's called love. And love is a feeling, yes, but it's also a conscious choice to choose to trust, to choose to forgive, to choose to walk in relationship with someone. That's a choice. So many people, we paint love as this just, 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 just feeling. It's like we, we watch too many of those, what's that, The Notebook. We watch too many of them chick flicks. And we think that's what love is about. Man, I tell you, this week we were going to go watch a movie, and it was between a good old war movie and a chick flick. And, you know, it's a crying shame that you can't watch a war movie because of the junk in it. You got to go watch a chick flick because it's, it, it don't have all that trash in it. It's like, it's a crying shame. Just share my heart, would you? That frustrates me. But anyway, if we truly are saved, I mean, I want, we're, we're filled with the Spirit, right? Right? Can we, can we all agree if we're truly saved by God's Word, it says we're filled with His Spirit, right? All right, so if we're filled with His Spirit, and that's what drives you, right? That's what should drive us, His Spirit. So to live outside of his spirit should be impossible. So why do we do it? So why do we do it? See, when we say no to the Holy Spirit, what we're saying is we can take on and off the lordship of Jesus Christ. And the Lordship of Jesus Christ is not something you can take on and take off when you want to. Either you choose Jesus, and that's it. Or you choose not to. So what have you been choosing here lately? I mean, what, what, what is your life, what's the fruit of your life showing? Is it showing that I am a man or a woman driven by the Spirit of God? Or is it showing that I'm a man or woman that's just been religious that choose I choose when I want to obey, when I don't want to obey? Because you know what? I truly don't love God like I say I do. Man, this mind's got me constrained here, but man, I'm telling you, what a bust loose! But what he's, he's trying to say is that: Do, do you, are you truly operating in the freedom you have in Christ? Because that's what Christ died for. So when we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives and to us to be receptive to him and him lead us, then we're pretty much saying, God, I don't want that part of your lordship. And it's not, you can't have God the Father, God the Son, and not God the Holy Spirit. It's all three or none at all. And so we've grown up in this illusion that we can have our cake and eat it too. We can go to church and say we follow God but not listen to the spirit that's supposed to be inside of us. And if you've been buying into that, then you've been lying to yourself. Either you love him or you don't. Either you obey him or you don't. There ain't no middle ground in that. And so many of us are walking in that gray area. And we need to stop walking in the gray area and start really saying and asking myself, am I driven by Jesus? It's His Spirit leading me everywhere I go. That's not saying we're going to be perfect, okay? But it's a lifestyle we choose to walk in. So he continues and he says that, verse 15 says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you may be destroyed by each other. I mean, biting... And devouring one another. Man, that's that's some fierce words right there. Because you got to be intentional to bite somebody. Huh? You got to be intentional. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, when you bite somebody, it's it's, it's not because it's a love tap. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to to inflict pain. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? That's not motivated by love at all. My little boy, I love him. Homeboy's got a mouth full of teeth, but there's one coming in in the back. And he's holding his mouth, and I reached in there, you know, not thinking at all. <laughs> gonna stick my finger in there and just see if that's, a, if that's what's hurting is a tooth. And because of the pain he has, when I touch that sore spot, he latches down, and I thought I was gonna have, to, I mean, literally, I thought I could pick him up. And he didn't do it because he, he hated me. He didn't do it. He'd done it in, in, in retrospect of the pain he already had. See, guys, if we don't deal with the pain in our lives, when people that don't mean to touch stuff in us that hurts us, we're going to bite them. We're going to hurt. try to hurt them back. We're going to try to do back to them what they did to us because we're not driven by the Spirit in that. We're driven by our own pain, our own suffering. And the reality is we hadn't really given God those things. Is there another mic? So it's the thing of like we got to realize is that when we what scripture says is when you're biting and devouring one another, when we allow in our own personal heart, to drive us instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to drive us and forgive people and walk in unity with other people, what happens is is we hurt each other out of intentionality. And we sit there and we cry the blood of Jesus. How can we say that we're driven by the blood of God? We're driven by, by Jesus Christ. We're covered by the lamb. How can we say those things when we intentionally do things to hurt other people? We can't say that we're gonna we can't do things intentionally to hurt people when we're truly are being yielded by the Spirit because the Spirit of God would not allow you to do those things, would it? Or say those things. You got people in the church today, man, they they, they gossip like crazy. Man, they gossip like crazy and they're biting. and what they're doing, they're backbiting, they're talking stuff, they don't even have no idea what they're talking about. But they're saying all this stuff about each other, and we're really that's not wise. Because you're biting and devouring your neighbor. You talk about junk, you ain't got no clue about. So-and-so said this about sister so-and-so, and then that said this. And by, the time it get, by the time it gets around, it could have been something as simple. It was, it was hilarious, the little thing we did with the youth one day. I said, I said my name is Jeremy. To a little kid beside me went around a room of 20 kids. When it, got around, when it got around, each little person put their little two cents in, and somebody added something just to be funny. When it come around, it says, the youth pastor's name is Jeremy, and he's got a girlfriend. All those little kids were adding stuff, trying to be funny. But in reality, if that's what happens when we start saying things we ain't got no business saying. And when we do those things, we're led by our own desire to make ourselves feel better than how we, than, than what we are. And I don't know why I'm going that direction, but that's just kind of what God's leading me to say right now. It's when we subject ourselves to what feels right, to our own sinful self, what we're saying is, I choose my way instead of God's way. You know the one way to quit biting each other? Just keep your mouth shut. Because most of the time, when you're biting someone, that's not motivated by love. It's motivated by selfishness. And if we're being motivated by selfishness, we're not being motivated by the love of the Holy Spirit that is supposed to be inside of us and driving us, right? See, verse 16 and 17 continues. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Some of y'all need to circle that, underline that, highlight that. I've got that in many of my Bibles when I first started walking with Jesus. I, you can't do what you want to do, but you know why? Because there's a. We talk about it in heart and soul all the time. When, when The moment you get saved, there's a, there's, a, there's a war inside of you. That new heart gets put inside of you, and there's a war waging. You got a new heart, but it's in the same old flesh. It's, it's doing the things that God wants you to do, and then your nature wants to do something different. Y'all with me? And then what he's saying is that we, we that's a battle every day. But you can choose to be led by the Spirit, or you can choose to be led by your own selfishness to gratify your own selfish nature. What have you been choosing? What have we been choosing? That waging war. The reality is, because of the freedom we have in Christ, we get to choose who wins in our own lives. Have you been allowing, been choosing to allow Satan to win in your life? Have you been choosing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead your life and win? How many victories have been fought? This past week, that you just backed down and just laid down and you, didn't, you just didn't keep going and keep pressing into the Holy Spirit and allowing him to lead you in that area. But You just backed up and laid down and didn't do anything. To do nothing means to surrender. See, that's one thing I think that we don't realize. Is that God gave us the choice to choose to love him. God gave us the the choice to choose to pursue him. And when the Holy Spirit is supposed to be inside of us, leading us to do things, are we choosing to obey him? Are we choosing to say, I know better. I'm going to stay right here where I am. I'm going to choose to remain this way. I'm not going to let you change me in this area because I'm comfortable right here. And when we do that, we're taking the lordship off of us. That waging war, that conflict, see, that's that's the beauty of of a new heart. And when I realized I was truly saved, there was conflict in my heart. I've always done this, but my spirit's telling me that's wrong right now. That wasn't there before last weekend. Y'all with me? Something's different. Something's changed. There's that conflict there. That's, That's evidence of the spirit in your life. And if you don't have that internal conflict, then you don't have the spirit inside of you. And if you don't have the Spirit inside of you, then you don't have Jesus. You might have religion, but you don't have Jesus. See, Paul's trying to make you understand that when you are truly a slave to God, when he is your master, then your whole life is pushed and pursued by the Holy Spirit. You're enslaved to him. You do what he says do when he says do it. There's difference in there. There's different desires in there. So what most of us fight against is our desire to be king over Jesus being king in our life. And every morning, there's a conscious decision. Am I going to be Lord or am I going to let him be Lord? And that whole thing is driven by love. And some of us love ourselves more than we love Jesus. And when I, and when I see that, I, I, I begin to ask myself even, do I love him like I say I do? Ask yourself that now. See, if we're not motivated by love... We'll just be going through the motions. And eventually there won't be a conflict there because you have told Jesus time and time and time again that you know what, I don't want your lordship that I know better than you do. And the scary part of that is eventually one day you won't hear that voice anymore. Because if you can honestly tell the spirit of the living God no time and time again, then you don't truly know the God that you profess to know. If he is truly king and ruler over your life, you might can tell him no today, one time, but it will eat at you and and, and you won't do it again. Church, the evidence of the spirit in our life is shown by the way we respond, by the way we live and by the way we love Jesus, not by the things that we do. And we're truly driven by the Spirit, the things that we do will look like Jesus. That makes sense? We got to stop being led by our own, what we think is right, and start saying, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? God, how can, how can, how, what does God's Spirit lead me to do in this situation? He continues on, he says, Verse 18, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I I love that because the whole chapter is about law or love. And if I'm motivated by the Spirit of God, this is why so many people are scared to preach about the grace of Jesus because you're not bound by the law anymore. But the reality is if you truly love Jesus, you're going to keep the law. Not because you got to, because you want to please God. And you're doing whatever he wants you to do, and that's going to come right in line with his word. So what he's saying is, he's saying when you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, but you're going to obey it. You're not bound by it. You're free to walk with Jesus. Man, that is so awesome to me. Verse 19 says, these acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He gives us a list, a very extensive list of actions. But not just actions. See, those things you choose to live by. That's a lifestyle. That's what he says. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That don't mean that you won't fall in to temptation from time to time. That don't mean that you won't get upset and rage. You might have a a simple little act of madness. Some of y'all got some road rage that's intense up in here. Amen. It's bad when you get amen on something like that. But That's the reality. You you, you have momentary lapse where you have subjected yourself more to your own desire than to the desire of God. And he's not talking about those when we fall. When we sin, he's talking about a continual lifestyle of that. You're choosing to live in this rather than living in the grace of God. You're choosing to live as a drunk, or 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 or, or either being controlled by any kind of substance. You're choosing to live by this, by these things, than living by God. It's a lifestyle. What he's trying to say. You're choosing. You're choosing every single day to hate somebody. See, hatred is a lifestyle. I know people that are bitter. that are, maybe, They hate everybody. Why? Because one person did them wrong, and they, that, that root of bitterness just flows into everything. It's a lifestyle. you got to choose to walk away from hatred. Selfish ambition. Man, I read that this week, and it didn't have no effect on me. I read that this morning, and it was just like, doom. How many times do I fall into selfish ambition because I want to promote Jesus? I want the church to grow, but it's like, Jeremy, is this about you or is it about me? See, sometimes we fall into selfish ambition wanting good things, but it's with the wrong heart. And it's one one thing to have a one-time occurrence of that, but to live a lifestyle of that is what he's saying is wrong. You're not led by the Spirit because those are things of the flesh. But he says to Acts He says, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. That second list is, a, is, is 180 different than the first list. He's talking about the lifestyle that we live should paint the picture to the world that we're led by the Spirit of God. I was talking to a guy one day, and we was on a job site, and we were talking about living for the Lord, and this guy... It was evident by what come out of his mouth and the actions that he had that he didn't know Jesus, that he was nowhere in the vicinity of Jesus. And so I began to talk to the guy, and, and the guy with me, um, actually it was his boss, he, he was like, man, you know, he started asking about Jesus, and the guy, was, you know, he was like, man, don't judge me. Don't judge the way I talk. Don't judge. You ain't supposed to judge me. And I will never forget what that guy said. He said, brother, I ain't judging you, but by looking at the fruit, by looking at the fruit, I see that your life is dead at the root. And I thought they were going to fight that for a minute, but I, that was good, man. Because based on the fruit of our lives, it shows what we are rooted in. Are we rooted in the blood of Jesus? Are we rooted in our own selfishness and desire to please us? Because if we want to please us, then we won't walk away from things in our life that don't please God. We won't walk away from relationships. We won't, we won't want to honor God above everything else because we're not walking truly in accordance to the Spirit. We're walking in our own desire to do what we feel is right. And Paul's trying to tell us that Jesus died so that we could choose him or not choose him. We can walk in that freedom of the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, we can't choose Jesus and choose ourselves. And he gives us those lists so that we can understand that it, what lifestyle are you living. Because those are the external things. Those are things people can see. When you see this in people's lives, you can tell what drives them. Before I knew Christ, I was driven by making me great. I was driven by money. I was driven by, by the things that made me feel good, that filled those empty holes in my soul. Those things, oh, you know what I kept trying to do? Those things were never enough. I always had to have more money. I had to buy more beer. I had to go to more parties. I had to act crazier at parties because, you know, I wasn't as fun, Jeremy, as I was last weekend if I didn't do this other stuff. And some of y'all smiling much. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about? We were trying to fill that void of acceptance, of appreciation, that, that that desire for love that we have never really felt. We were looking for the love in all the wrong places. And when, when, I, felt, when, I, when I truly gave my life to Jesus, I seen that the fruit was wrong. And I began to see those things in my heart, in my life. I began to see love. I, I, I had joy for the first time I had in forever. I had peace in my soul that I had never had before. And there's a lot of people that are walking through life without peace. It's because you're not truly giving those situations to God. You're trying to control those situations which don't give you peace. Allow a Spirit to lead you through those things. I began to be kind. I, there was goodness in my life again. I began to actually have some self-control, praise God. Those fruits began to come in my life, and that was evidence to me of Jeremy. Now you're driven by the Spirit. Because there's something in you that's telling you, no, don't turn right today, turn left. Don't turn left today, turn right. There was something there that was talking to me that wasn't there before. I was driven by the spirit. And Paul's saying that if we're trying to live our life anywhere, anyway, contrary to the Spirit of God, then we're gonna be bankrupt. That we can't live this life out contrary to the Spirit of God. Jesus died so that we could have access to the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter, He's our helper, He's our advocate. And if Jesus is Lord, then He's He driving your boat. I don't care what your church attendance looks like. I don't care how much of the Bible you read last night. I don't care how many tears you shed at this altar. If you're not led by the Spirit of God, if you're not dependent upon Him for your every breath, then I ask, truly ask you, do you truly know Jesus? Because Paul's heart was really just... just making people realize that if you're allowing anything else to drive you than the Holy Spirit, then you're going in the wrong direction. And I know we grew up in churches in which we think that just because these things make us right with God, but what what Paul's trying to make us realize is that when you truly love Jesus, when you truly love God like you say you do, you give him the reins to your life, you give him the permission to tell you what to do and what not to do, And you act when he says act. And when you do those things, you feel the love. You feel the compassion. You you see fruit in your life you never thought was possible because you know what? When you were driving, you were going in the wrong direction. It was for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. It was for freedom that Christ came so that we could be set free from our own destruction, from our own desires, from our own wants, and to be set free by the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It was for freedom that Christ died. He loved us enough, not just to save you, Lord, I hope you get this. He didn't, he don't love this enough, not just so that you would be saved, but he knew that you couldn't live this out without him. So he came, he died so that one day you could be filled with his presence so that it would enable you to walk this out and please God. That's how much Jesus loved you. He loved you so he could give you his spirit, not only his life, but his spirit. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? You can give your life for somebody else, but you can't give your spirit for somebody else. Only God can do that. And he died so that he could give you his spirit and enable you to walk this out victoriously and live it for him. Praise God. And it's a, But yet, when we reject the Holy Spirit, we're rejecting Jesus and what he did on the cross because what we're saying is, I know better than you. We're rejecting the most intimate, the most personal gift that anybody could ever give you, and that is the Holy Spirit, because He died so that you could have salvation, but you could have Him. See, that's what the Spirit is, church. That's Jesus Christ leaving inside of you. He died so you could have Him. So when you... Tomorrow, when you go to work and God and you feel like the Spirit telling you to go tell your neighbor about Jesus, when you say, not right now, you're telling Jesus, the one on the cross, no. You're not telling this mystical being that we look like. We're not telling this ghost. We're telling the spirit of the living God, no. And we tell, you don't tell somebody no, that's the Lord of your life. So, church, the question you got to ask yourself today. Is am I free? Are you truly free? Has Jesus truly set you free from the bondage of sin? Are you truly free? Because if you're not led by the Spirit, then you're not free. If you don't have that internal war going on, you're not free. Are you free? Are you subjecting yourself to things? to put you back in bondage? Are you trusting God? Are you walking the freedom of walking with the Spirit of God? Can you honestly say, can, can you honestly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, looking at yourself in the mirror with nobody around, can you look in the mirror and tell that man and tell that woman in the mirror, can you tell them, you know what, there's evidence in my life that I'm driven by the Spirit. You can lie to everybody else, but can you lie to yourself? Because nobody knows you. You can come here with a smile. You can come here with that same old lingo. And you, you can even go to Connect Group every week. And I can think that you're growing, but the reality is only you know what's in here. And I can beg you every week to get right with God, but if you don't have the desire to, you're not going to. But you'll paint that picture, and you'll smile that smile, and, and, but then you're not changing And I say it once and I say it again. I don't care about your church attendance. I care about your heart. If your heart's right with God, you're going to desire him. And maybe today some of you need to make the decision of I'm tired of where I am. And Lord God, I want more. There's areas in my life that you're not truly the Lord. And I want to give these things to you. That's what the Word of God says. How are you going to respond? It's up to you. But can you honestly say that He's the center of your life? Can you honestly say that He is the driving force behind who you are and what you do? Because that answer is no. I'll be standing up here be glad to talk with you be glad to lead you through whatever you need to be led through when the music begins to play when I, as our worship team comes forward you do whatever God's leading you to do I've realized something the past week God told me that by me begging it's just worship, it's just wasted effort because people are going to move and they want to move I love you I want you to do great I want you to serve God but it's in your core. If you will stand and y'all move whatever God's telling you to move. Y'all let go whatever God's telling you to let go. And y'all surrender if God's telling you to surrender. Father, we come to you right now. And God, we pray, Lord, as this rain falls that your spirit will fall fresh on us, Lord. God I pray for refreshing of your people today. God I pray for those that, that have been walking in bondage to their selfishness of, of their of their heart. God I pray that you would just move in people's hearts today God and we would we would truly ask our question, are we being led by you? are we your servants or are we just uh, just got you a part of our parade? God move in our hearts God change us. Lord I pray that that you would help us Lord to inspect not the fruit of our neighbor but the, the fruit in my own life. God, what is the lifestyle in which I live? Does it please you? Does it show that I am filled with your spirit? Does it show that I am a child of the king? Does it show that I am a man or woman led by Jesus? Father, I pray that we would really look at our lives right now and really think about what you set us free from. And why you set us free. And how you set us free. And that precious gift of yourself that you gave all of us. God, I pray that you would move in us. Bring us to a deeper love. Bring us to a deeper affection. God, bring us to a deeper purpose.